0: in the cup this time.
1: toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi, my name's Joe Messa. I'm a lawyer, and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder, and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best strike tackle in football, Lane Johnson.
2: the live post-game show. Mark Marzetto with Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, Eagles. That happened badly Monday night. Welcome to all our viewers on 6abc.com, as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Plenty of meat on the bone, as they say when it comes to a loss like this. By far, only three games into the next Sirianni era. This is the worst one, one of the worst Eagles-Cowboys losses I can remember when it comes to especially a game being in prime time. Ah, Well, thank goodness for the good people of Ocean Casino Resort, where you could book your next weekend at Ocean Casino Resort and go for the win. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll need a vacation at Ocean Casino Resort in the not-too-distant future to help kick this loss. Gunner, Devin, who wants first crack at this embarrassing loss In the next Sirianni Mm -hmm. era.
3: Well, because I'm a gentleman, because I'm a gentleman, ladies first.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Deegan. Uh, Well, first of all, if you're tuning in, I'm already looking at the comments. So drop how you guys are feeling, which I'm sure is just as good as us. Uh, That game was extremely painful. I'm almost at a loss for words. Um, Jalen Hurts played terribly, but... Nick Sirianni just really showed his lack of experience. The play calling made no sense. Why we barely ran the ball? It was just so frustrating to watch. Um, they plowed through our defense. Felt like players are going down left and right. Uh, and the best part is, our season for the next what three, four games it looks pretty pretty tough. So uh, the outlook right now isn't great. I'm I'm not feeling too hopeful. Um, So, yeah, sorry to to, like start us off. I can't be sunshine and rainbows. No, there's no other way to start (laughs) it off.
2: There's literally no other way. I mean, other than that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln? I mean, that's really how this game feels. You went into this with all the mojo that Nick Sirianni was trying to create with him going out there with the T-shirt beat Dallas. And I know it didn't affect the game itself. However, you tried to make the good mojo happen going into the game and that didn't work. You tried showing highlights of the Eagle-Cowboy rivalry, and you did nothing to create any that went in the positive favor of the Eagles in this game. And even going through, and Gunner, you were there every step of the way, going through the entire Andy Reid era, going through Doug Peterson, going through the predictability of Chip Kelly, I have never experienced a game where you did not run the ball nearly enough to establish anything close to some semblance of a decent run pass to ratio, any like, a- attempt to establish any type of rhythm with your banged up offensive line, any attempt to even establish a rhythm with your quarterback who was playing behind that defensive line, two runs in the first half, two of them. And when you finally did, you rattle off a 24-yard gain. Like, even Andy Reid or Doug Peterson's watching that game going, I think they should run the ball. And Gunner. they had no idea how to game plan for this particular game, and it showed in the first half alone.
3: First of all, let me start with this disclaimer. Uh, I refuse to talk about this game basically because it was an embarrassment to professional football. No, but seriously, um, so it started out great against Atlanta, and Nick Sirianni owned the city. New boy wonder. Next game against the 49ers, eh, not so good. This was an absolute collapse. On Monday night, first divisional game against this city and this uh, organization's most heated rival, the Dallas Cowboys. And this is what you came out and showed tonight. Uh, Nick Sirianni was thoroughly outcoached. His defense, I'm still in shock. I, I'm, I'm sitting here going, at some point, the defense is going to bow up and slow down Dallas's running game. Now, I had said on a very on a number of outlets this week uh, leading up to this game, keep a close eye on Tony Pollard. Because if, if, if Pollard can get to the outside, it's going to be a long night for the Eagles. I never thought that they would be able to run up the middle with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox in the middle of that defense, the way they ran up and down the field, especially that first half, they slowed them down a few times in the second half. But when Dallas needed it in the second half, they picked up five, six, seven more yards per carry. There was no adjustment from Jonathan Gannon. There was no adjustment from Nick Sirianni. There was no adjustments. There was basically no heart by this team. You know, the biggest play for me for this team was was uh, Javon Hargrave's uh, stripping, got in the end zone, and Fletcher Cox pouncing on it for a touchdown to make it 7-7. After that, it's all Dallas from there. And the two things that really jump out to mind, number one, I knew Dallas' offense was good, but I thought they would take a hit with uh, Michael Gallup out. But Amari Cooper stepped in with fractured ribs and played like he wasn't hurting at all. Number two, and probably the biggest factor here, the most penalized team in the National Football League, in week number 3 of the season committed 13 penalties in this game tonight 13 more penalties in this game tonight and if i'm a coaching staff i'm chewing somebody out because this has got to stop being penalized the way they were was was a significant part in in some cases of Dallas's Dallas keeping momentum on certain drives and you have got to stop these mental mistakes I mean, okay, the first couple of games, you figure, okay, they're jacked up. You have the season opener. You have the home opener. Players jacked up. Players go a little beyond the whistle. But in game number three, you should have been able to settle in by now and play a much smarter brand of football, even if you lost. Even if you lost, play a much smarter brand of football. And they did not. And Dallas's defense, um, I, I got to watch them twice. They had Tampa Bay dead to rights. They should have won that game. They did a great job of holding a high-powered Chargers offense to 17 points, came away with a win there. I did not think they would be able to put up as many points on the Eagles' defense as they did, but I tell you what, you know, you can hate Dallas all you want, but this team is going to be reckoned with. You know, we we laugh, and, and, I'm, and I'm a big offender of this. I laugh at Dallas year in and year out because down there, all they talk about, this is our year. But Dallas, I'll tell you what, their defense is young, it's hungry, it's a much faster defense. Did you watch the way they were pursuing to the ball every time the Eagles tried a hitch pass or a screen? The way they flew to the football, are you kidding me? You know, and the Eagles' defense did not. And I just, I just don't get how can you not be this prepared? So, in a span of 15 days, a span of 15 days, Nick Sirianni has gone from the highest of highs. No, he's gotten his first career win, his first career loss and his first career embarrassment in primetime. That's a lot to absorb for a new head coach. Playing the
2: simple, well, I guess he just wants to check a lot of things off the box in the oh, early mornings of his coaching oh, career. Oh, he, oh, he did. Oh hey, my goodness, did he ever! But I, let's go to those thirteen penalties because I know we're going to talk a lot about the run, and hopefully, we'll be joined a little bit later by Lane Johnson from Dallas. Hopefully, he'll be joining the show. We'll also be joined a little bit later in the show by John McMullen, uh, who will be live from the stadium as well, and Jeff Skaversky of Six ABC. He'll be joining the show a little bit later as well. We'll talk a lot about the run when it comes to that, but as far as those penalties doesn't that immediately go back to coaching? Because when you look at what happened in the first preseason game, for instance, one of the takeaways we took away from that was this, that it was a, it looked like a team that was disciplined. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. It was clean through the first half. We said, okay, maybe they got a good grip on all of this. And then really ever since then, even going into the season, it seemed to get sloppier as things went on, boiling over to a game like this against the Cowboys in prime time. If there's ever a game, where you have to have your A-plus effort, your A-game be on top of your game, this was it. And they did exactly the opposite of that, whether it was penalties, whether it be dumb, whether it be false starts, whether it be holding when the offensive line was depleted, or whether that be the actual game plan itself of just – I mean, I, I can, can, you, can you say they abandoned the run when they were never actually running the ball? Because that's what it felt like. And again, it goes down to the easiest X's and O's that you could possibly dream up. As a football fan, it's just trying to run the ball when it's there for you, trying to establish that rhythm, not having those dumb penalties. These are all things that should be not only correctable, they shouldn't happen in the first place. Yet they happened at will tonight again and again and again. And the only time you were able to actually make a play was when your quarterback was running for his life, trying to throw the football down the field. The only time you were able to come up with some semblance of any type of big play in this offense.
3: You can blame a part of it on coaching. But players, when it comes to the penalties, but players have to be held accountable. You know, you know the rules. You practice the rules. You talk about the rules in team meetings. You go. You have, you even have in training camp, you have referees come to your practice sessions when you're practicing against other teams, or even if you're not, when you're having uh, scrimmages, you have referees come and they show you and they tell you what is and what is not uh, allowed. And every team gets penalized. But when you get penalized, as much as this team does double digits week in and week out, it's a lack of focus. It's a lack of focus on players playing this game at this level. And a coach can yell as much as he wants, and he can show it on the film reel as much as you want over and over. But at some point, the players themselves individually and collectively have to be held accountable and stand up and point a finger at themselves for this continuously happening. And when you look at the next four games coming up for this team, you play a game like you played tonight, you're going to be suffering double digit losses four consecutive weeks. You don't think, even though Kansas City's struggling, you don't think Kansas City's licking their chops right now? You don't think Carolina, with that defense that they have, is licking their chops right now? Tampa Bay stumbles over 30 points a game. Okay. And Vegas, Vegas has shown right now they're legit. So Vegas can score and they can play defense. So you're telling me that these teams are looking at this part of the schedule right now? Okay, I can't wait to play this team right now. So, and and, and you know what? You know, I'm I'm hopefully praying up for uh, Isaac Sayamalo. Can they they be down three-fifths of the offensive line now? You know, from what I'm being told, it is a foot injury. Uh, There's a possibility it could be a a bone, uh, you know, a fracture, a broken bone in the foot. Uh, still waiting to hear more on that, but uh, now you're going to be down possibly three fifths of your offensive line, and you couldn't even protect when you had two fifths missing. You couldn't even protect against Dallas's pass rush. Dallas's defensive line is pushing him back all night long, all night long. They have Nick, uh, they have Jalen Hurts moving off his spot, running for his life, throwing across his body, doing whatever he can just to try to make a play. Now he made a great play at the end of the game to Greg Ward there, a meaningless touchdown. But that was Jalen Hurts all night. So now here's my big question. Has Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, been exposed? And I'm not jumping ahead of myself. I'm not giving up on the team. I'm not giving up on the season. But have they been exposed as what they are? Inexperienced head coach, inexperienced quarterback. Because basically Jalen Hurts is a rookie quarterback. He's playing in his seventh game, in his third game, under a new regime. Okay? So, have they been exposed? Is there enough tape out there on this team now that the the word is out, we know what Nick Sirianni wants to do, we know what we can take away from Jalen Hurts, we know how to defend their receivers to a certain degree? Remains to be seen. I'm just throwing it out there for conversation.
2: Devin, remember when we started the season and we were listening to Nick Sirianni in the post-game press conference. And he was like, Oh, we just started our playbook. Well, if that yeah. was just starting the playbook. And then I guess around halftime of the game against Birdie. San Francisco 49ers, that Birdie. playbook is already empty. Birdie. Oh man. What a, what a horrendous hire. This was by Howie Birdie. Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, Look, it's legit. Gunner. It's legit. You know why? Because even before we started the season, we said, we don't know what Nick Sirianni is. We don't know what type of coach he is, what type of play caller he is. He's never called plays before, so we don't know what he is. So maybe this is all he was. Maybe they just got him all hyped up in the guy that was the the rah-rah coach that was just going to bring this locker room back together and help the young guys come up with a younger coach that was coming up himself. Maybe that's all it was, but, man, if that's the case, this is an atrocious, an atrocious hire by I, Howie I, Rose with Jeffrey Law. I,
3: I don't want to be a part of the – negadelphia contingent Uh, not not three games into a season (laughs) okay but i have to throw it out there for conversation all right i get it it. it's worth conversing oh yeah Um, and and there's still a lot of football to be played but it's in in 15 days it's gone from high to mediocre to way low i mean that's one heck of a roller coaster dip in the span of 15 days here Mm -hmm. you know so so what's next what are you gonna do next?
0: Uh, I know we we all kind of hated on the people who said, Oh, it was just the Falcons, but now that's starting to look more and more true. And it seemed like Nick Suriani stopped that playbook as soon as we beat the Falcons and maybe just threw out all the pages because he had nothing. And that that to me is what was most mind-boggling. I mean, there are a lot of things that were terrible, but the yeah, fact that yeah. there were no adjustments made, like I know we call – like, when you're sitting on the couch, you're you're a co- quarterback, you know, trying to coach them and thinking you know best. Everyone does it. But in this circumstance, if I am sitting on my couch and saying, maybe run the ball more than twice, like, that's – I don't understand how you don't see that. That's just delusion. That's poor coaching. Like, an intern could probably coach
2: <laughs> better than Well, it was also the fact that you had two guys on your offensive line going into the game. One was Landon Dickerson, who – had a very bad first half. I'll just say that. The other was Jordan. My, or Jordan, my lot of being out. You had, uh, you had Andre Dillard in as your left tackle. So what did you think, especially based off your last game? What did you think? Okay. I got to get my offense, some kind of rhythm here. Miles Sanders is a pretty good running back. I don't have as good an offensive line as I have had in days past. Let me try to run the ball a little bit. So that's why it's just a thud and done instead of trying to hold a pass block with guys that don't have all that much experience. Run the ball with Miles Sanders. Run the ball with a guy like Kenny Gainwell. See what they can do out of the backfield for you. Help out your quarterback. Short, crisp throws over the middle like you were trying to complete later in the game to a guy like Dallas Goddard ended up taking it for another 20 yards. Same type of thing to a guy like Zach Ertz. working those tight ends a little bit like they did in the second half. You saw none of that. You Mm -hmm. said, nope, this is the game plan. We're going to stick with it no matter what. It was like the first 15 plays were not only scripted, they were scripted in stone with no adjustment. And whatever was scripted in that stone was a bad idea to begin with. And they did not get away from that. They stayed with it the entire time, despite the fact it wasn't working. I still can't get over the, the two runs. It's just something that is just, I am baffled by. Uh, uh, I am also, absolutely it's, baffled It's, it's like,
0: Miles Sanders is not our only option here either. Right, like, right. it's not like, Can oh, oh well, you know, Sanders doesn't yeah. work. Well. Like, there's so many other things they could have done. And they also, I think it was the very first drive through that completion of Dallas Goddard, And I remember at the end of our last show, I said, What gives me hope is their ability to make adjustments. And when they made that play, because we barely saw our our tight ends at all against the 49ers, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, he learned, you know, we're making changes. And then it immediately just stopped and they never got it back the rest of the game.
3: You know, there was a one series in the third quarter when the tight ends were wide open and they moved the ball. When the tight end, I don't know what, what happened with Dallas's coverage but the tight ends were wide open up and down the field on one, on one drive. And then you get Jalen Hurts. He missed, he missed, I believe it was Goddard wide open in the flats and the very next play, Trayvon Diggs steps in front of, um, I believe it was Devontae Smith and takes it to the house on a pick six. Yeah. See, it's the little things, the little details that separate winning from losing, you know, but the, the better teams, find a way to overcome the little miscues that they have. Mm-hmm. This uh, is a team that has defined its way. Um, and, and they're going to have to do a lot of soul searching right now because this one hurts. And you don't have a lot of time to lick your wounds because you've got another heavyweight coming up this Sunday, a, a team that's really ticked off about losing at home to the Chargers. And so they're, Andy Reid's coming to Lincoln Financial Field, and you think he's not telling his guys you better not play the way you played this past Sunday. Are you kidding me? I mean, Kansas City's like Tampa Bay. They accidentally score 30 points a game.
2: Mm -hmm. So if this
3: team can't match them, what are they going to do?
2: Hopefully come up with a better game plan. And you know what? Uh, There's someone that can help us out, try to understand what exactly took place in Dallas. Right tackle, your Philadelphia Eagles. Lane, let me just start off by saying – I know a lot of guys might blow off a media interview after a game like that. We appreciate yep. you coming on, Gunnar, myself, yep. Devin. We appreciate you coming on. This is the question that's going to be asked at a lot of offices, on a lot of Zoom meetings tomorrow morning. What the hell happened? If you have to say to fans what happened in a game like yep. this against the Dallas Cowboys on the Monday night primetime, what happened tonight?
4: Uh, I think when you go back and look at the first few possessions, three and outs, Dallas mm-hmm. took control of the run game, ran the clock down scored, executed, and find ourselves um, behind the chains most of the night.
3: Hey, hey Lane, you you guys came into this game averaging 162 yards rushing. Hmm. How do you guys only have 12 rushing attempts? Because even though Dallas initially had the early momentum, um, you guys kind of get some of it back when Fletcher Cox, you know, gets that fumble recovery. Now it's an even-steven ball game. And even if Dallas goes back up by seven points, there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah. And I'm looking at the stats. You have 12 rushing attempts, and your quarterback had nine of them. I yeah. don't get it. You guys can run the ball. How frustrating is that?
4: Yeah, we got to go back and look at the tape. Like I said, I think we were behind, you know, the chains for most of the night. But um, there was times where Miles had some good runs, uh, from what I can't remember. But when you get in these games like that, you get behind the chains. you find yourself throwing the ball a lot. So uh, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, there is no excuses. Just like you said, man, uh, we got the Chiefs. They're, they're, they're uh, salty. They just lost to the Chargers and, uh, you know, coming to our home turf. So we got, we got to step up in a big way.
0: You guys went into this game missing Brandon Brooks. Uh, Landon Dickerson started for the first time. You lost Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, how much did the injuries impact your play on, on the line tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, during my career here, I've seen guys come in and out. I mean, during the seasons, really, it's interchangeable parts, and that's why Coach is so valuable, getting these guys ready. Herbie, you know, came in and played. Um, Dillard came in and played well. So, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but, you know, moving forward, like I said, nobody's going to feel sorry for us, and uh, and we got to get the ball rolling now.
2: Lane, what – what was the game plan going into tonight? I, I know, I mean, after the fact, it's a little easier to talk about it, but what was the objective? What were you guys trying to do as an offense that you thought you'd be able to accomplish tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we could do a better job of um, you know controlling the clock, and that's something that Dallas said most of the night. We started off, I think, the first few drives, three and outs, and like I said, Dallas took control of that uh, energy early, controlling the clock, running the ball, scores, um, and really, that was a to tell, the, tell the tape. Slow starts, um, three and outs,
3: not converting, and, uh, and that's what happens. Did Dallas give you guys different looks up front defensively in their front seven than maybe you hadn't seen on film yet? Uh, no, not really.
4: I mean, we knew yeah. they were going to mix up with Parsons and, and Gregory down the edge and do some different stuff with their linebackers. But like you said, we didn't do nothing to establish a rhythm. Uh, early got behind, uh, found ourselves still on the ball, probably more than what we like to, so – like I said, man, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. games before and um, you know you gotta you gotta look at what you did good and then moving forward. Like I said, i trying to sorry for us. We got the Chiefs, great team. I mean, you already know what kind of team they are, so you know, we gotta step up in a big way.
0: Yeah, you mentioned moving forward, you know, what was the messaging? I know Nick Sirianni is known to be an extremely positive coach. What was the messaging in the locker room after this game uh, looking ahead to next week against the, the – or this week against the Chiefs?
4: Yeah, short week. Week, short week, get your bodies right. Small treatment, um, you know, guys getting their treatment in and then get ready for practice, um, I guess, Wednesday. So
5: hmm.
4: uh, that's really the game plan, short week and get your bodies right.
2: I'm curious, Lane, to go a little bit earlier with the messaging, before the end of the game, going into halftime, seemed like you guys might be making the adjustment going into halftime about maybe attacking on the ground a little bit more. What was the messaging at halftime of this game, obviously? Any change of – any adjustments coming? Start off
4: fast, and I I believe – is that the one where uh, on Devontae slipped and he got the interception? I can't – so little things like that uh, make up big things, so – um, you know, we would like to get the ball back and go down there and score and maybe a different, uh, different ball game, different interview tonight. But, you know, that's how it is. And, uh, you know, when you don't execute, that's this is what happens.
3: Hey, Lane, you guys went into this game as the most penalized team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You had 13 more penalties tonight. Yeah. Uh, as, as a leader on this team and as leaders on this team, mm-hmm. do you guys step up at this point? and say anything to your teammates? Do you let the coaches handle it? How do you approach a situation like this? Uh, it's really the players. I, I can I can say for myself, two holding penalties
4: there at the end. I don't know if I agree with them, but I can yeah. say, uh, if you go back and look at the tape most of the night and, and go watch uh, set lines, blocking, uh, if I could have those two plays back, I'd say it was an excellent game. But, uh, you know, whenever – Gets late in the game, and you got to have it. Stupid penalties. I've, I've been a part of that the past, you know, the first mm-hmm. week, and then and then now. So uh, it starts with me and everybody else. And and you know, we'll go back and watch the film, and and that's that's one thing we do. We, we do we go back and watch uh, every every play, okay. good, bad, or indifferent. Um, put the number on the screen, uh, what you did wrong, and uh, that's really um, you know what we do here, hold people accountable. So it starts starts with the guys up front, me.
0: How was uh, Jalen Hurts after the game?
4: Same. I mean, really moving on to next week. I mean, we'll uh, have a little bit more conversation Wednesday to kind of go over the tape. I think tomorrow's off-day treatment, and then Wednesday go in analyze the tape and then get ready for the Chiefs. So, like Mm -hmm. I said, it's week. But as far as Jalen's concerned, I mean, consistent. I mean, nothing. He never gets rattled, ever.
2: Uh, how about Landon Dickerson playing next to you? I know you always got to go back and look at the film, but how was he communication wise as the game went on? A lot better,
4: a lot better this week. Mm-hmm. Much improved. So when I mean, you get young players like that, each game is like bars of gold. Each play is because you know those live reps. There's nothing that can take place to those live live reps. And I think he, I think he did well on the on the,
3: the games we had, um, making the twist. and uh, yeah. So I think he stepped up. Hey Lane, I was told that there's a possibility that uh, Isaac Sayamalo may have broken a bone in his foot. Have you had a chance to talk to him, and can you tell us like w- I, what I have, his mood is right now?
4: I, I haven't even hit the showers yet, D Gun. Oh just, my bad. Okay. I just got some tape, tape off my off my hands, and, and that's really it. So I, I
3: don't know the the situation behind it all, but I guess we'll know more tomorrow. Look at you, man! You came right out here to us before you took a shower, man. You know what? See. That's, that's why I have the utmost respect for
2: that guy right there. Uh, Lane, uh, me too. Lane, I got to ask you this. Just as, uh, one fun one. I got to get in here, man. Uh, Landon Dickerson on the mustache. Are you going to advise him to keep that, or should he shave that off immediately?
4: <laughs> I thought he was Charlie Chaplin before the game. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
4: uh, I don't hate to, uh, to reach their own. Maybe he needs to. <laughs> big burly beard off it's not looking
2: too good so <laughs> <laughs> understood lane uh obviously we hope you guys bounce back next week we'll yeah, all be man. pulling for you we really appreciate you coming on with us thanks for doing that and uh thanks for uh, helping us understand yeah. exactly what was going on in the football field man
3: yeah, all right man, thanks, stay healthy
2: man. brother appreciate it lane johnson joining the live post game show from dallas after <laughs> a you know, to put it lightly extremely tough loss and uh, we are presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your next travel weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the win. That's Ocean Casino Resort. Thanks again to Lane Johnson. Coming up a little bit later, uh, we're going to be joined by Jeff Skaversky of 6ABC and John McMullen, who'll be from Dallas as well. More live post game show with yours truly, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, and Derek Gunn when we return in a few.
6: Go for the Midnight Dares.
7: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half. You could say that.
6: Holy the sh! Glasses for cocktails, right? It's
7: for this, 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 and that. disappears.
4: of life, First Trust Bank is there
2: for you, because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
1: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
5: Go
6: for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
9: The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
2: Welcome back to live post-game show, 6abc.com, as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Derek Gunn, David Katie, Mark Farzad. Elaine Johnson just joined the show where he said they tried to start with a little bit more momentum in that second half. Unfortunately, an interception happened. It was Jalen Hurts' second interception of the game. Uh, let's jump on those interceptions for just a second here. Two by Jalen Hurts uh, in the game tonight. One was the deep ball that was just not deep enough that was thrown to Jalen Rager, I believe, was trying to run the seam down the, uh, down the sideline there. And unfortunately, wasn't able to come up with the football because it was underthrown. At least that's what it looked like to me by Jalen Hurts. Let's go around the horn as far as a ruling on that one goes. Just didn't get enough air under it there, Derek Gunn. Uh, No
3: question. It was underthrown. And now the question is going to come into play about Jalen Hurts' arm strength or lack of arm strength for that matter. Uh, But I thought Dallas did a good job of of playing that play, uh, of defending against that play. The second one, I know the receiver fell down, but he telegraphed. He telegraphed that pass. If you look at how Trayvon Diggs broke on that ball, he knew exactly what was coming, you know. And you know Trayvon Diggs, you know, I, I love watching that kid in college. He plays the game fearless, a uh, young player. And I tell you, he was talking smack all night. He, I mean, at one point uh, when they tried to out and up, um, I believe he went over to the sideline and said something to Nick Sirianni about "Don't even try that mess on me." You know, but when you play the game at this level, you have to have a certain amount of self-confidence within you. And he, he exhibits a lot of confidence, but you know, these, again, these are learning tools and Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. And I've said this time and time again on this broadcast, you know, I'm judging this team based on progress. You know, I know a lot of people look more as the, at the L's and W's, but I'm looking at individual and collective progress. And I think since that first game, we've seen both Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts regress instead of making progress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it, it, it's going to get even tougher because you got a short week against a high powered offense and then another tough opponent. And then another tough opponent before you get to Detroit and mark my words, Detroit is not going to be a pushover, you know? And so you better hope number one, you can stay healthy because now we're looking at more injuries. I mean, a lot of teams are getting hurt. Now you, you lose another lineman. Now your confidence has been rattled. Now you're going to have the entire city questioning you as a play caller, as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. as a team, as a defense, so on and so forth. Seen it time and time again in all my years of covering football. How do you respond to this adversity now? First of all, don't wear another beat anybody T-shirt, even though it's all fun and games. Don't don't do that. You know, I've always said if you need extra motivation as a player, in the national football league or any professional sport to get, to get jacked up to play a game, then you're in the wrong profession. And for the most part, players don't need, it. but some players take that stuff to heart. And I guarantee you the Cowboys were sitting on this, you know, beat Dallas t-shirt stuff, you know, for whatever the case may be, they, they, they probably put it up on their lockers, circulated it. And I know, the, I know the media down there, you know, blew it up, you know, all week leading up to this game, but see, that's another learning. That's another learning tool, you know, be careful of what you say, what you wear, how you do it, when you do it, where you do it, because in this in this social media world we live in today where nothing is secret anymore, you know, by the time the, the story is told 20 times later, there's 20 different versions of the story, okay? And so you got to be careful, you know, take care of your stuff in-house first because you got a lot of mess to clean up now in-house instead of, you know, jo- making jovial how do I don't want to say jovial ex, ex, expenditures Yeah, you know, what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm pick my word carefully yeah, I was like what, what are uh-huh, you cooking up over say? there whatever what it is say? it's yeah. a negative one yeah why why, why I'm negative now
2: no, I'm accurate. I'm, I'm accurate, no. how are we I'm supposed be, to I'm be positive honest. I what? like. I'm trying to like. like I'm trying to yes. leave Lane Johnson on a positive note after all this stuff that we just watched and asked him about. Yes. And like the only positive thing was like, "Hey, that landed diggers and mustache was pretty wild." Like, there's nothing that we could pull from this game that we go, "Oh wait, no, hold on, uh, 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 Devin." I don't want to uh, Aaron sip sipos.
0: Yes, yes. That's
2: the so, one positive. My, How about that punter? MVP.
0: Yes, <laughs> my MVP sipos the punter. My one bright spot. What? You That's... know when all hope is lost. Yeah. We have the what? Eagles punter.
2: This is what we. Got. This is why we played the 2021 season. <laughs> this cannot be happening right now. Literally,
0: literally, he's the only person who you can say had. I don't even want to say a flawless game, but like a good game.
2: Perfect. He punted a perfect game. I will say that much. Uh, but in all seriousness, Gunner, whenever people say yes, the bulletin board material doesn't matter, or you don't, you shouldn't need that motivation, right? The thing that will always push that aside for me is the fact that I don't think the Eagles would have won a Super Bowl without the bulletin board underdog mentality that they boasted so frequently for two straight seasons. One, they won a Super Bowl. The other won a playoff game with it. You're they right. love it. Like sometimes when these when these players compete, they need something that's different. Whether that's a coach doing the old standby. Hey, you know, those guys over there don't respect you. Oh, really, coach? I'm going to get them or it's something as simple as a dog mask, underdog, whatever it might be. They need that extra added motivation. It's, it's a weird thing where they find that motivation somewhere, but it works. And I'll say this. Yeah. The Cowboys didn't beat up on the Eagles because of a T-shirt. They beat up on the Eagles because the Eagles were not prepared to play this football game. Their game plan was terrible. They were not well coached. They did not execute in the rare occasion. There was a good play call. And I'll uh-huh. give you one example uh-huh. of a good play call. There was the rub route in the third quarter that they tried running. Similar play to what they scored the touchdown mm-hmm. with Devontae Smith in the uh, opening week against Atlanta. They tried running that same play. I believe it was uh, actually Jalen Ray or Quez Watkins on this play that didn't quite get enough space going around the uh, the defensive back, and he got tackled after like an eight-yard gain. Could have been a, a bro- could have been a play broken for 40 yards. It wasn't run totally properly. wasn't executed properly. It was a good play call, not executed properly. But for the rest of this game, it, they were just ill-prepared. The third and one from, I believe, the 18-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys that they ended up running a play action on instead of just trying to run for the first down, and they threw it in the end zone, I believe, for their fourth touchdown or fifth touchdown of the game. That was, I think, because Nick Sirianni were a beat Dallas team. That was the run-up-the-score type of play where they could have easily just run the football, kicked the field goal, and gone off the field without having a care in the world. But instead, they went with the play action, and they tried to score another touchdown, and they got it that was the I believe let's stick it to a moment in the game for things that led up to the kickoff when you have
3: rivalry games like this you always want to get a one up, upsmanship you know I don't mm-hmm. care if it's high school college or pros and you know the team that's on the receiving end of it is like we'll get them next time but for that moment you have that adv- <laughs> you have that advantage so yeah I, I know the Eagles are gonna say I can't wait to see Dallas in a rematch in our backyard later in the season but for right now Dallas stuck it to you They stuck it to you in all phases of the game. No question about it. I mean, they ran the ball. I'm looking at – they ran the ball 41 times for 160 yards, okay, 41 times. The Eagles running backs combined three carries. Three (laughs) carries for 29 yards, and one of those carries was a 24-yard
2: run. It's really going to be hard over the next hour and a half, I guess, to not – Continuously bring that up because it is the most glaring, obvious, uh, frustrating, infuriating thing we could talk about from this football game. Because I, the fact that their offensive line was banged up and they threw the ball as many times as they did with a young quarterback as well is just beyond me. And one of your best playmakers is your running back in Miles Sanders, and they they chose to barely go to him in one. of the, And so far to this point, the biggest game of the year. Uh, real quick, uh, Devin, I do want to go back to this because we didn't yeah. get your opinion. The, the two interceptions, well, the first mm-hmm. one, the deep ball to Jalen Reger the other was, uh, I believe, Devontae Smith, where he fell down the route. What did you make of those two interceptions there by Jalen Hurts?
0: Well, I want to go back to my question to Lane that you, I know he's a stand-up guy, so I figured this would be his answer, but about how Jalen was after the game, and he said he wasn't rattled. And something that I've said has stood out to me about Jalen in the first two games of the year, even though one ended in a loss, was that he seemed very cool, calm, collected, never seemed to lose his head. He looked rattled in this game. And I don't know if it mm-hmm. started after they it, after those first few drives in the first quarter or if it started when he walked into the stadium and saw how many people were there and it was a prime time game. You know, I don't know when that happened, but to me he seemed rattled, um, obviously didn't play well, threw interceptions. Like I'm just going back to the reasoning behind it, and that is that for me personally, and I know people in the comments don't yell at me, anyone watching, but I think that Jalen Hurts was just mentally not prepared for this magnitude of a game, which is an issue because he is an NFL starting quarterback now, and he should be. But um, I think that he can bounce back. I'm less confident in the play calling Making adjustments because we've seen that that clearly didn't happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Y- you know why he was rattled? Be- because because he what, what, wait, why are you laughing? You don't even know what I'm gonna say yet. Oh, I No, I right,
5: know
3: like you're
0: gonna throw out some stats at me and say
3: no, you know, I, no, because no, he sucks.
2: No, no, because he sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm not gonna say that. According but, to the Elias what, Sports Sports Bureau, because he sucks. No. Uh, no, because, I was going to say, because the offensive line wasn't there and he had to throw the ball every play?
0: Well, yeah, I because,
2: too.
3: Because Dallas's defensive front was pushing his offensive lineman back into him almost every other play, and he had less time. He he was off his spot. He he, he had very few opportunities where he could stay on his spot to th- throw the ball. And then receivers weren't getting open down the field. He had to scramble for his life. So, yeah, he, he probably was rattled because mm. the, the design plays blew up in a hurry. Uh, the timing routes in a lot of cases blew up in a hurry. Not because he sucked, Devin. I wasn't going to say that. No. You know, but because what you know what, Mark? You're
2: an instigator. You're, no, not I, I, to I you're an instigator. They're <laughs> trying to predict. I like that Devin's trying to predict that you're going to say, that he, well, because he sucks. <laughs> like, I just, well, like, for whatever reason. I, I, I don't forget, even use I forget that word.
0: which pick it was, because, which is sad to say, but there, I need to go back and watch, but there was one, and then they showed him on the sideline, and he turned to, I don't think it was Devontae Sirianni, Smith. and he said, yeah, and he said, what happened?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, you
0: threw, a, you threw an interception. Like, that's uh-huh. what happened. Yeah, and he, like, uh,
3: he, You know, people, sorry, on media, people on social media, people on social media when I said, you know what, great anticipation anticipation by Trayvon Diggs, you know, some people said, oh, he fell down. Let me tell you something. If Devontae hadn't fallen down, Trayvon still would have picked that pass off the way he jumped that route. He still was going to be on top of that pass. The only thing that could have saved him was if Devontae had tried to grab his arm and take, you know, knock the ball down to keep him from from taking it to the house. Outside of that, that was not going to be a positive play for the Eagles. I don't care what
2: happened. No, you're exactly right. And – that particular play, Devin, was when Devontae Smith did fall down. They went over to the sideline, and J- uh, Jalen Hurst was trying to figure out what, had to, what happened to him on that play, and I guess he just said he slipped. But that is the play that Gunner was also talking about right. where, yeah, your receiver slipped, so it looks like the obvious thing is, oh, receiver slipped. You can't do anything on that. Right. If you see Diggs, you, if you go back and you watch, and they showed it, it wasn't necessarily all 22 angle, but it, was an, it got everybody on the field. Mm. Diggs breaks for that ball when he sees Jalen Hurts is not moving his eyes, Jalen Mm -hmm. Hurts is staring, telegraphing the pass. Basically Diggs starts to break on the ball before the ball is even thrown. So he knows what's coming based on the quarterback's eyes. He does a great job of reading the play. So the play was right there to be had and, and they took full advantage of it. Look, if, if Smith stays uh, on his feet, maybe it's not an interception, maybe it's a drop, but either way, he was all over that because he was reading the quarterback's eyes. That, that part of the play is on Jalen Hurts. That's where he can make a better throw or at least make a better play in that particular scenario. So I do look a little bit at Jalen Hurts for that same uh, same throw. Uh, we have a first, guys. We have a first on the live post-game show. What would that be? Uh, here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, as well as 6abc.com, our brother in ABC-ness. Jeff Skaversky joins us. Jeff, how are you, man? What's, what's up? up, guys? I'm what trying to fix up,
8: the man? camera. It's all I'm, – I'm new to this, so. <laughs> uh, no, Jeff, thanks for joining us. We you've really never been it. on TV
2: before? Is that it?
8: <laughs> Clearly, I've never been on TV. Have you seen <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeff, hey, man, you've been covering the Eagles for a long time, brother. This is a, a rough Eagles-Dallas game to take in no doubt about it obviously even on Monday Night Football especially here what did you make of this game tonight by the Eagles
8: you know I kind of go back to even last week I'm questioning a lot of the play calling and a lot of the mm-hmm. decision making by the head mm-hmm. coach and I hate to do it so early and it was tenure and so early right. into the season and I'm not a big guy at picking apart coaches but I just don't understand really tonight look I know you fall behind early but you know, your first seven plays are all pass plays. And yep. I know they want to try to take advantage of the Cowboys who coming in struggled the first few games, giving up a lot of yards in the passing game, but to not give Miles Sanders the ball mm. at all to start mm. the game mm. seemed a little strange to me. And then obviously it's snowballed and I don't mm. want to blame that on this entire, you know, game and why they lost, but it just seems, it just seems a bit odd. And then the other big thing for me was, this may look like, why did they not call a timeout?
2: The the the, the Cowboys, why, why did they call a timeout at the end of the oh, first I, half? I, I, was,
8: I was taking off anything. Again, I'm new to this. I don't know what I'm doing. So- it was Dick Spiriani <laughs> hacking
2: your system. Don't worry.
8: Yeah, the Eagles are trying to shut that down. No, so my other issue was on the um on the Dak Prescott second touchdown. It was that 13 play drive and the Eagles defense looked gassed. They looked slow. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, they have three timeouts in that position. Why not call a timeout here? It looks like the Cowboys were just beating them down. The Eagles' offense has barely been on the field. Call a timeout. They didn't do so. Um, and that, to me, I was wondering, well, hey, why don't you just call a timeout just to kind of you know get some composure and gather yourself?
3: See, the best way to, to slow down a team's momentum, especially when you're playing in their domain, and it's their home opener after playing two rough road games, is to go to your strength offensively. This team was averaging 162 yards a game rushing in two games. Run the football, try to control the clock. Don't play into Dallas's hands. They're already jacked up. They're on national TV. They're at home. They're in, they're against their most hated rival in the division. You played right into their hands and giving them the ball back. You know you have some momentum. Fletcher Cox, as I said, Fletcher Cox gets a touchdown. You get you shifted the momentum. Then you give it right back to them. They go down the field score. There's a way to slow that back down again. Don't be so quick to give them the ball back. Because see, then they get the ball back again. The momentum's back on the side again. They're chewing up the Eagles up and down the field in the middle of the defense and their run game. Now they average they average 129 yards rushing coming into the game. You had 162 yards rushing. Uh you had a pretty good running game overall against a 40 game. But Derek, yeah.
8: a lot of that was Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts going into this game get that. led the Eagles in rushing.
3: So I get that. But you have you have an electric player like a Miles Sanders, swing pass, screen pass. I don't care what it is. Get the ball in this man's hands. He broke off one one run for twenty four yards. Is that not a red flag? Hello, put the ball in this man's hands. Give him an opportunity to do something. Why are you playing into the opposite? You coach scared. Basically, you're coaching scared. When you fell behind, you're a national TV for the first time. Spotlight's on you. You've been an assistant your whole career. Now the spotlight is on you. And you fail. You fail to, to answer. It's only one game. It's week three. I get it. But this was a big one. And as we know in this city, people judge you harsh more harshly than we do in other cities. You know, so he's going to hear about this all week. Now, he'll stand at the podium and tell, oh, no, I don't listen to the media. And as I tell you guys time and time again, when a player or a coach tells you, I don't listen to what the media or the outside noise is, that's a flat-out lie. Because (laughs) unless they listen to it themselves or they have somebody close to them that's always telling them what's being said, they always know exactly what's being said about them in in a market. No question about it.
8: You know, the only thing I can think of is why they don't go to the run early is, again, coming in. The Cowboys were the second worst in the NFL
9: against the pass. Now,
8: I know it's only two games in and yada, yada, yada. But, look, I agree with you, Derek. Why not get the ball to Miles Sanders? Especially you have Andre Dillard in there at left tackle. He has struggled in camp against the pass. And you also have Landon Dickerson. Look, I I don't know. We're not in those meeting rooms. But – you fall behind, but again, a- after the Fletcher Cox situation and yeah. he comes up with that touchdown, the third of his career, why are you not going to the run there? And exactly. Why to also keep your defense off the field? And look what happened when you did give Miles Sanders the ball. He mm-hmm. exploded, right? Yeah. And so, But for Miles Sanders to finish this game, and I know they're down by a lot, but to finish this game with only two carries embarrassment, is insane. And at the half, at the half, they had only five rushes. The fewest in, uh, I think, since like 2008 or 2009. Yeah. I mean, and look, we always harp on why don't the Eagles run the ball, whether it was Doug Peterson or Chip Kelly or Andy Reid. I mean, this has been going on for years, but today seemed to really stand out. Yeah.
0: Did he address that in the presser? I mean, I know you were probably just in there with Nick Sirianni. I'm assuming someone asked him about it. Did, it was the did first question.
8: Yeah. And so it was exactly the first question Mm -hmm. was why did you not run the football a little bit more? Mm -hmm. And it was about Miles Sanders. Hey, why does Miles Sanders only have two rushes? Did the game dictate that? And, uh, you know, Sirianni kind of danced around it and kind of said, we have to be better there. But he did kind of say that the game dictated that to a point. And, you know, I I would disagree with that, especially to Derek's point coming off that, a touchdown by Fletcher Cox, why not run the ball on that following drive?
2: Yeah, I, I would disagree with that as well, strongly. <laughs> I just, I, I, it I should be part of your would. game yeah. plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 and, and I just think game plan-wise going into this, knowing what you're going to be missing on your offensive line, I think the obvious thing to do is try to establish that rhythm. And you do that by running the football. You don't do that by pass, 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 pass. That doesn't establish an offensive rhythm overall. And it doesn't right. help out your offensive line. Uh, Jeff, no, you're you're around the team uh a lot, obviously, at the Nova Care complex. Uh we could talk a lot about the beat Dallas t-shirt, and we've mentioned it more than once already. But overall attitude being around these guys is leading up to this game. Did you feel like this was more than just having a puncher's chance against the Cowboys? Or did you get a feel that this team still had a lot of work to do before they went down to Dallas?
8: I My feeling coming into the game was that the Eagles are going to win this game. And that Uh, goes to show you how much I know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely zero. So I thought they were going to win this game. I I really did. I just sensed confidence around this team. I sensed Uh, it from Nick Sirianni. Um, And look, the last two weeks were not really – You know, they were ugly. Let's not beat around the bush. They were ugly. And all the penalties, they don't make Nick Sirianni look very good as a head coach to start his tenure. Most penalties by the Eagles ever in the history of the franchise to start first three games. Not a good look for a young coach, their youngest coach since Dick Uh The guy is, what, 40 years old. Not a good look so far. You know, an undisciplined football team is bad. And, you know, they're beating themselves. They did it again today. And, you know, maybe the issue is they look too good in the opener against Atlanta. You know, maybe they look too good and you're going, your expectations went from down here to all the way up here now. Perhaps. I always worry
0: about that, though. Whenever we win an early game, especially with like a new team where we didn't know what to expect and everyone was all excited, I kind of in the back of my mind, I was – pleasantly surprised but was also like oh no you know we have a pretty tough schedule coming up is it just gonna kind of crash from here um I do want to ask you on the same lines of coaching I know we're talking about Nick Sirianni and his play calling obviously but what about Jonathan Gannon because uh I our defense was how to be nice. say politely? be nice. trash um
3: there you <laughs> go. Horrible? Now she's like me now. She's no. more like
0: now. <laughs> but a lot of people have been applauding Gannon so far this season, and I want to get your thoughts on on how he's been doing as defensive coordinator.
8: You know, when you go, I don't want to say pound for pound, but when you look at the Eagles defense versus the Cowboys offense, I mean the Cowboys have explosive you know, explosive players, you look at, everyone talks about Ezekiel Elliott, but what about powered? You yep. know, he came into the game as their leading rusher, believe it or not. So they have that two back tandem. And then as the receivers, you can't match up with lamb. I mean, you saw that on the what, second play of the game, the fourth yeah. catch yep. uh, over Nelson. He, he, they, the Cowboys are on another planet, in my opinion, as far as offensively and the talent and the explosive players you have. So, Look, it's early. I don't know what to expect from this Eagles defense. I like Slay in the corner. You know, he has the most pass deflections mm-hmm. in the NFL since he came into the league. I like the Eagles' defensive line. Linebackers is always an issue for me in Philadelphia since uh, Jeremiah Trotter has been gone. How long was that, you know, since the Axeman has been gone? But, he, you know, in the safety situation, remember, they don't have Rodney McLeod out there. He's still hurt, not ready to go with the knee injury coming off surgery. So, I don't know. It's so early. And, and I hate to be one of these guys that just judges so early. I know that's what we right. do, but I feel like you have to give it time. Um, you have to give it time and you have a young quarterback, a young team, a young defense with an old defensive line. And I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my, my biggest issue was not calling the timeout on that drive when they mm-hmm. just look gassed, they look mm-hmm. slower and tired And they just needed a break. And they had three timeouts to burn, and that would have been a good spot. That's really my only, I guess, criticism from what I saw just, you know, tonight.
2: Right. Uh, Jeff, great catch up with you, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully make a habit out of this and talk to you after a few more Eagles games throughout Mm -hmm. the season. Thanks for jumping on, my friend. Appreciate
8: it. Hey, Great seeing you guys. Is What is that? Is that tequila behind you? You may need a little bit of that.
2: (laughs) That's some some fine stateside vodka, my friend. I can spare a bottle. I don't know if you can tell.
3: Hey, Jeff, three of those bottles are empty after tonight's game,
8: dude. <laughs> <laughs> <talking> about right.
2: <laughs> I started with nine bottles. Uh, yeah, Jeff, yeah, thank man. you so
8: much, brother. Great seeing you guys. Thanks, All Brad. Right, man. Take great, care, s-
2: dude. G- great seeing you as well, Jeff Skavirsky, uh sports anchor for 6ABC, of course. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of stateside vodka, check out the scroll below and use code JACOB, that's J-A-K-I-B. For 15% off a one liter bottle, go to statesidevodka.com. There it is. There's the goods, folks. There's the goods. statesidevodka.com. When we come back, we're going to head back to Dallas. John McMullen will be joining us to break down all the things that happened throughout the Nick Sirianni press conference, Jalen Hurts, and whatever was said in the locker room about this devastating Eagles Monday Night Football loss. When we return a live post game show right here.
6: Go for the midnight dares, go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215 568 3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub, and in your drink.
5: Go to bed whenever you
6: want, or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
7: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
8: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
7: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
9: The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
2: Welcome back live postgame show to our audience on Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. Our thanks Jeff Skavarski for uh, joining us just moments ago to talk all things Eagles and to help further explain what the heck happened in this loss tonight. Prime time Monday Night Football. John McMullen joins us and the great John McMullen is presented to us by Mesa Law and Associates need a tough injury lawyer? called Mesa and Associates. John, what is the word from the locker room and the post-game press conferences?
10: Uh, flush it, which I think is what uh, all of Philadelphia would like to do. So that's what uh, Jalen Hurts said. And to make uh, your pain a little bit more, that's Dak Prescott, if you can hear him in the background. They're piping him up. On 11, Spinal Taps 11 in the press box here. So I apologize for that. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can say. The Eagles got blown out. And in a lot of ways, a lot of garbage time statistics. So the people that even want to look at at the numbers and say, well, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this. They were not effective when the game actually mattered. Uh, they were blown out. This was a this was a lopsided loss. No question about it.
3: Hey, John, um, what what did the players, especially offensive players, say about running the football only three times? I mean, the staff say they ran the ball 12 times, but your quarterback ran nine of them. You have a back like Miles Sanders. You have Kenneth Gainwell. I don't know. Why Boston Scott is in the witness protection program? They don't even use him in a running game. But, <laughs> but what what do they say about the embarrassment of not running the football?
10: Well, why why do you need Boston if you're only going to run it three times?
3: Somebody, I, I don't care I, who, I, anybody, the concessionaire, referee, yeah. anybody, somebody run the football for. Yeah, them. People thought Doug Peterson didn't like to run the football. Andy
10: Reid didn't like to run the football. We're at a new low for Philadelphia. Look, I agree in the modern NFL, you pass to, to run late. And uh, in the old school, obviously, you ran the to set up the pass. You know, Jody McDonald asked me this week on Birds 365, what is the run-pass ratio going to be? I say, tell me, tell me what the score is in the fourth quarter, and I'll tell you. And they were behind early. And they just forgot the running game. And, you know, that's what happens in this league when you're behind by more than – uh, one score, two scores, you got to throw the football. And this, the Eagles are not equipped to throw the football, they're not equipped to win shootouts. And this was a shootout. If they were going to win this game, they were going ha- to have to outscore the Dallas Cowboys. They're just not capable of doing that at this point. Uh.
2: It certainly doesn't seem like they are. Uh, yet they went in with a game plan that I'm still going to be spending days trying to figure out exactly what it was. Lane Johnson was trying to help us understand. I, I'm, I still have a lot of questions surrounding it. Nick Siriani, we were told a moment ago, John, that when he was asked about the game plan, when he was asked about running the football and how Miles Sanders only gets two runs in this scenario, said, you know, I got to be better. It seems like any coach going into this type of game when you're already down two of your starters in your offensive line would know to run the football more. Was there anybody willing to come out and say they just flat out made a mistake? Not, hey, I got to be better. We got to look at the tape. We got to improve. Anybody that's willing to really address it head on saying, no, we didn't do what we were supposed to do tonight.
10: No, I, I guess Jalen Hurts was the closest, and he and came down to saying we didn't execute the plays that we did run. So, remember, they didn't con- convert a third down until there were less than 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you add the penalties. This team just set a franchise record for most penalties, uh, in, in, and they've been around for a long time, at most penalties over the first three games. So... Uh, When they're behind the sticks and they're not converting third downs, it's really difficult to run the football. Obviously, if you convert, you have a new set of downs. It's more likely a run pops into Nick Sirianni's head now. But they're not converting a third down in, you know, 40 minutes of football. Uh, And then when they did start to convert a few, it was garbage time. It was extended garbage time. It's like an NBA team down by 40 points and they start – Throwing, they start uh, scoring a little bit because the other team doesn't care. The Eagles started piling up some yardage because the game was over. Uh, When it counted in those high-leverage situations, they weren't successful.
3: Hey, John, uh, I posted something, a a comment I made here on Twitter, uh, I I made on this show, was posted on Twitter, and I know it's only week three, but I'm going to ask you and see what your thoughts are. Have Nick Sirianni, And Jalen Hurts been exposed.
10: Um, It's a good question, Derek. I I don't know if exposed is the right answer. Uh, I I had been talking about this Dallas game being the first game with Kansas City coming up Tampa Bay and a couple weeks after that. Those are the three games you can really point to to say, okay, these offenses are going to score some points. No matter how well the defense is playing, they're going to score some points. And are the Eagles capable of keeping up with them? Well, ba- back in the spring, I said, probably not. Probably not at this stage. This is test number one. They weren't. Uh, we'll see Kansas City as they come in this week, and we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, and then you have Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I just don't think they're high-powered enough. I think they have to play from the lead. We, we, you know, Nick Sirianni admitted that a- after, uh, you know, the failed fourth down against the 49ers. Jalen Hurts is not the kind of quarterback at this stage of his career that can step back in the pocket, and throw it 45 times, and win you a football game. That's not his strength. His strength is 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 doing some things with his legs, his off-schedule offense. So I don't know if he's, he's he's been exposed. It's just really difficult to have him play at this stage of his career in these types of games. Uh, the goal of this season, we were told, since very early in the process, really, if you go back to Jeffrey Lurie firing Doug Peterson, he said this is a transition year, and this should be about not necessarily beating the Dallas Cowboys in th- Week Three on Monday night. Are we going to find out if Jalen Hurts is the long-term answer quarterback? That's the goal of this season, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I don't think any of us know the answer to that. Um, but they have to figure it out and they have to let them go through these types of, of learning cycles to figure that out.
0: Do you think that tonight was a, you know, anomaly for him? I mean, I'm like you mentioned our schedule moving forward. It's terrifying. And, you know, Philly fans, I'm where you know, you're sunshine and rainbows, John. So I'm just going to keep it positive here. And, you know, Philly fans, you know, when we win game one, we're going to the Super Bowl When we lose two, especially tonight we suck. We're never going to win again. We're going one in 16. Um, where do you fall on that spectrum? And what do you have to say to fans who are calling it on Jalen hurts and saying that he's never going to be QB one was tonight. Just a particularly bad game for him.
10: Yeah. You know, I, I think it is extremes. It is overreaction. It was an overreaction in week one in a positive fashion. It's going to be an overreaction in week three in a negative fashion. I will say, you know, critics of Jalen Hurts have said early in the process that he he, he doesn't have really NFL top level accuracy and for people who uh, doubted those critics and doubted people like me put on this film and watch the accuracy this is what we're talking about the ball placement in this game was really consistently bad um can he improve that you know Josh Allen did it in Buffalo Um, there aren't a lot of guys you can point to that have done it in a in a a successful fashion but there are people that have done it it looked like Jalen was on the right track early in the season but against Atlanta they were all short throws it was all sort of to gain confidence for him and I thought it was a, a really smart game plan early for Nick Sirianni and since then he tried to take advantage of San Francisco because they were down their two starting corners. And in this game, he kind of knew he was going to have to outscore the Cowboys. And from that first underthrow, the Jalen Rager, and that was badly, badly underthrown, it was just a bad night for Jalen Hurts. And, you know, to his credit, he said, flush it and move on. That's all you can do. Well,
0: so it say Jalen hurts had had a great night and he had hit all of his targets. Would we be praising Nick Sirianni's game plan?
10: Uh, that's tough. That's tough to answer Kevin, <laughs> because I don't know what his game plan was because it was so unsuccessful. <laughs> um, yeah. Through the first, you know, two and a half quarters really. Uh, and then I, again, the, the, the stats started to pile up a little bit when it didn't matter, uh, but the first half and into the third quarter, because I thought Mike McCarthy gave him a break when he he really badly mismanaged the end of the first half.
3: Yes, he did. The Eagles had about
10: a they had like a second and a thirty-one. I think it was second and thirty-one. He had two timeouts. He didn't use them. He had a chance to put his, his shoe on their throat and just end the game right there. And I said, if they come out in the second half and, and do something with the kickoff, this game might change. Uh, but they weren't able to do it. And once Dallas got it up to a three-score lead, you know, they let up a little bit. And, and, and the numbers, I think if you look at it, total offense, it was – let me pull it up real quick. It was only uh, 380 to 367. And believe me, it wasn't that in the first 40 minutes of this game. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Well, uh, when you bring up that play of not calling time or not lack thereof of not calling time out before the half my feeling was these were two coaches that aren't really good coaches because I'm one of those people that does not have a lot of respect for Mike McCarthy as far as how good a head coach he can be or how good a head coach he is. And, yes, I understand he has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, But I thought Nick Sirianni and a guy that's trying to prove his worth as a head coach at the NFL level and a play caller also at the NFL level has left a lot to be desired. And I can certainly look at Jalen Hurst, John, as you covered so eloquently, saying the underthrows, bad throws being off his mark, not leading Devontae Smith in the throw across the middle that ended up getting broken up by Diggs as Devontae Smith went across the middle. You can talk about a lot of that stuff, telegraphing the pass that ended up being an interception, a pick six. You can certainly look at Jalen Hurts for those mistakes. But overall, I just felt like when you really judge a game and the game plan itself, you're judging what happened in the first half. And I know in the second half of this game, they were playing from behind, so you can almost push aside the run for a second and say, well, of course they didn't run the ball a lot. They were trailing the whole game. I didn't feel like this was one of those games. Did you get any semblance, any idea, going into this game that they wanted to establish the run, or was it something that just they just never really factored in? Well, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that's the modern
10: NFL. And and you know, it's funny because this is an RPO driven offense. So when it's working, uh, there's going to be a lot of runs. Now they might be unconventional runs. It might be Jalen Hurts running the football uh, in off schedule type of ways, but they came into this game, short sample size, small sample size, obviously, but you know, the second ranked rushing team in the NFL. And most of that had to do with the the quarterback, not Mm -hmm. the running back. So when you're thinking of a traditional running game, that's not what this offense is about, but they want to run the football. If that makes any sense. Um, They just, didn't do it because they got behind early. They didn't convert third downs. And from then, I thought Nick Sirianni, from that point, I thought he handled it really poorly. And I thought, look, you're either in these types of games. Jim Schwartz used to tell me this all the time. Games have personalities. Go back to Super Bowl 52. You know, that was a shootout. You have to recognize that as a coach. Uh, that this is the way this game is going to be. I, I thought, you know, Nick verbalized he thought he was going to have to keep up with the Cowboys. He, he thought he was going to have to outscore them. It didn't seem like he came into the game with that sentiment, with that mentality.
2: Uh, that's
10: troublesome.
2: <laughs> 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 like, just to think back on that is troublesome. Uh, overall, I mean, you said the, the general thought on this whole thing was, you know, flush it move on from it and all that is Jalen hurts, giving himself that 24 hour period before he moves on to the, uh, Kansas city chiefs, or is this one that's going to be sticking with him for quite some time? What was the sense you got after the game?
10: You know, the one thing about Jalen, I will say, I I don't get a sense. He's very even keeled. Uh, I thought last week was a perfect example of that. Nick Sirianni took that loss incredibly hard. The 49ers loss. I mean, I joked, uh, Devin's not probably not gonna get this. Derek, you might get it. Mark, you might get it. Stuart Smalley, <laughs> uh, the old Saturday Night Live character. That's oh, what geez. he reminded me of oh, uh, when he was talking to us on Wednesday. And he was trying to have a self-affirmation session. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm here, I'm a good coach, I belong here. And I'm like, dude, you gotta be comfortable in your own skin. You don't gotta, you don't gotta prove yourself to us. And meanwhile, Jalen Hurts came up and said, there are no losses. I think that was his T-shirt slogan of the week. There are no losses, just lessons. <laughs> um, and I thought, really? I, thought, I thought it was a, a really good sentiment. Jalen, I, I don't even worry about him. He'll turn the page, and he'll go to the next game. I worry about Nick more because he's so emotional. He, yeah. he really takes these losses hard. Well,
0: right. Doesn't that kind of show his inexperience, though, taking a loss, out, especially last week's loss, so hard?
10: I think it does because if you look at, you know, the great coaches in this league, whether it's Bill Belichick or Andy Andy Reid, who hopefully is okay and hopefully will be back uh, this week, and Bruce Arians and Pete Carroll, guys have been around forever and had tremendous success. Guess what? They've all lost a lot of football games, Mm -hmm. so they're coming, and you got to deal with them and. It's not fun, but you got to be able to, to move on and, and flush them and get
3: to the next game. Hey, John, did you guys get to talk to uh, Miles Sanders to ask him how he felt about only touching the ball five times?
10: No, I wish. Uh, yeah. And, you
3: know, and that, that <laughs> two times,
10: Miles Sanders running the football. That's ridiculous. I, I don't even know how that's possible. I had to double-check it after the game. Because he did touch it a couple times
3: in the passing game. Right. He had five total touches, yeah. two two runs and three catches.
10: And, I I mean, you know, people used to kill Doug Peterson, obviously, for not running the football. You have this old-school mentality in Philadelphia, run the football, run the football, run the football, which Jeffrey Lurie does not want to do, by the way. But, nonetheless, I mean, this is a new low for Andy Reid, for Doug Peterson, to have your lead back, who's a pretty good back, run it only two times, even in this type of blowout loss, it's just not acceptable.
2: Yeah. Uh John, you and I think very much alike, which you know in a way worries me. Uh but <laughs> <As laughs> there's well Yeah, right. The Stuart Smalley thing I think is is spot on. I am looking I I think Miles Sanders is an extremely talented running back. What I'm really looking forward to is one day a coach giving him those numbers, those stats that will support that theory. Because I think he can be a playmaking running back. I think he has proven he could be a playmaking running back when given the opportunity. No better example than he actually gets a handoff tonight and takes it 24 yards. So I, I, I'm eagerly awaiting a coach that will believe in him enough to not, of course, center the offense around him. Because as you said, modern NFL, that's not the way they do it. But if Nick Sirianni is really the type of guy that is going to coach to the players that he has and not fit those people and wedge them into his scheme, then maybe the RPO game, maybe that ain't it. Maybe actually handing the ball off, maybe something very simple, handing the ball off to a guy like uh, Miles Sanders would actually benefit this offense more.
10: Well, I think, you know, if you ever get to the point where Jalen Hurts isn't the quarterback, I think you might get to that point, you might get to that situation. But uh, if if Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback, you got to take advantage of what he does well. And that's that's the RPO game. And it's going to be RPO-driven. And it should be, by the way. It should be. And in theory, that should help Miles Sanders. But you got to run the football occasionally. So you got to call that. You got to execute it. You got to convert a third down. But it is ironic that one of his two runs did go for uh, 24 yards or whatever it was, and uh, they stayed away from it from that point forward.
3: Unbelievable.
10: Uh, but you know, I, I always defended Doug Peterson a little bit because I do think people were skipping steps with Miles. I always call him he's a great runner in my estimation. He's not a great running back. And even great runner, maybe the better description is explosive runner because he's a home run hitter, right? He's the guy who's going to go 70 yards. But he's also, you know, the old adage in the NFL, if it's blocked for four yards, get me four yards. And too often, Miles will try to kick it out and hit that home run. Mm -hmm. You know, he drops the football too much. He's not a great pass protector protector he fumbles it so i kind of defended doug peterson because there are times you can't have miles on the field because he's doing some bad things um, but not like this not, <laughs> not like this
2: right and john real quick last thing i just want to end on a positive note with you uh, apparently you have your own fan group. Um one of the I'm trying to find his name here. <laughs> Is it McMullen, mafia? Yeah, McMullen Mafia? McMullen Mafia. Yeah, that? I saw that. Yeah, Birdman nine ninety. Uh, McMullen Mafia. John, did you know about your own mafia? I,
10: I, I did know about it. Uh, I I try not to get, you know, I don't hmm. get a big head. You got you guys are the billboards. I, I don't get a big head. <laughs> Nobody wants to see
3: me. He's I have no, com- I have no comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you not- got another shout out, McMullen Mafia again.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. There you they go. would
0: love for you to have your own.
2: Yeah, John. You know what? Thanks for joining us because you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it. People That's like you. That's right.
10: That's right, Mark. <laughs> I got to go look in the mirror right now. <laughs>
2: Jeez. John McMullen, thank you so much, my friend. Great catching up with you. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. John McMullen joining us right there post game. And I'll, Devin, be honest. Are you aware of Stuart Smalley, the old SNL thing?
0: I'm not. I was about to get really offended when he said that. I'm like, oh, bet. I know I'm going to know this reference. And then, yeah, I had no idea. I'm going to Google it, though, next commercial uh, break.
2: Google it. And then I, I believe the one with uh, Michael Jordan is is the best one. No, actually, forget that. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley what's is the, definitely what's better. What's
0: the name? Smalley? Stuart
2: Smalley. Yeah. Stuart? Al, okay. Yeah, Al Franken. Uh, okay. Before he was a senator or whatever the heck he is, a, I don't know, whatever. He's a politician now. He was, he was on SNL. So there you go. Uh, okay. Thanks again to John McMullen for joining us. We're going to be back with some more Fine Eagles conversation and trying to break down and understand what happened. Derek Gum, we're going to put you in your expert, uh, expert chair, which is obviously where you belong all the time when we come back right here on the what, live What post does that even mean? Is, it means you're mean? the expert. It
3: means you're oh, the expert. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, whatever you say.
2: And all I can tell people is 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 how great Ocean Casino Resort is. Book your next weekend at Ocean Casino. Uh, it is fantastic. And go for the win. Book your next weekend at Ocean Casino and Resort. Go for the win. We'll be back with more live post-game show in just a few.
5: Go
6: for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spot on, go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink, go for the steaks and the steak, go for him, go for her, go for the win, go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: Field of
4: life.
2: First Trust Bank is there for you. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
1: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messenger Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messen Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
7: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that holy
8: and you're telling me i can get one of these glasses for free
7: that's right one free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka so good it just disappears
6: go for the midnight dares go for the game go for the hits go for the fans go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
9: The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
2: Welcome back to live postgame show. Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Derek Gunn, trying to recap what happened to the Eagles tonight. The live post game show on Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com is fueled by stateside vodka. You can see the scroll below. Use the code JACOB, that's J-A-K-I-B, for 15% off a one-liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. Make sure you treat yourself with stateside vodka. Gunner, you have mentioned before on the show, earlier before we spoke to Lane Johnson and Jeff Skversky and John McMullen there, about what if this is the end of the playbook (laughs) for a guy like Nick Sirianni and this Jalen Hurts offense? What if this is the end of that playbook? I'm going to ask you this question compared to all the years of covering the NFL and all the years of covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you concerned, legit concerned, after three games, small sample size, but are you legit concerned about what the Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts era will bear for Eagles fans going forward? Um, 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 There's a small
3: part of me that's concerned right now because it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse um, over a span of 15 days. You know, uh, if you ride that proverbial roller coaster as a lot of teams do in the National Football League, it goes up and down. This has gone up, down, down, okay? (laughs) And so there's nowhere to go but up. And when you look at the next four opponents that they have to face, there is concern about how much will it improve. Now, we're assuming it could be a shootout against Kansas City. Uh, After that, we're assuming that uh, they're going to have to try to find a way through the picket fence that is a very stingy Carolina defense. And then we go to another shootout uh, with the likes of Tampa Bay on a short week after what's going to be a physical game against Carolina, and then you're going to have to go to Vegas for a possible another shootout with that team. Uh, so, yeah, I, there is some concern, you know. I'm not saying the sky is falling now. You know, But, you know, I was while we were in the break, I, I'm looking at a comment I made on social media. Now, there's a lot I don't like about social media. But, you know, sometimes it gets real funny, especially when you're in Philadelphia and it's still early <laughs> in the season. So I put out there. I said, oh, well, up next for the Eagles is, is Kansas City on a short week. Followed by Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Vegas. And some of the comments, some of these comments. Okay, one, I literally feel sick to my stomach. So happy I didn't spend a dime on a road trip this year. <laughs> Will Sirianni survive the season? Uh, is that a FYI, Gunner, or a warning? Okay. I see one in six, and my six and 11 prediction is looking real good right now. Mm. Okay. Uh, wow, three top 15 picks looking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on. So lost, 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 lost. Some guy goes, "Hey, thanks for the hope, buddy." You know, okay. Some guy, time for Joe Flacco. I knew that was coming sooner. Yeah, or later. sooner or later. Yeah. Man. Okay. uh Let's see a couple more, real quick. Okay, get that embarrassment now early in the season. Hopefully, it's a wake-up call about the real NFL opponents. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's it. positive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, let me let me frame that with a positive comment? Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like, that's the most positive one. Like, that so does not deserve an awe from me, but yeah. that, that's how low we are.
3: But but here's one of my favorites. Uh, we don't have to hope for a bad season from the Dolphins. We will get a top five pick of our own. <laughs> <laughs> I love how after all that, you're only somewhat concerned. <laughs> this is like, geez. I mean, come on, people. I mean, I know I've, I put a lot of negativity out there tonight. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm critiquing. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm critiquing.
2: Are you Are Thanks you being so. negative or are you are you acknowledging faults? I believe you're acknowledging faults. Is that your fault they exist? Yes, yes, and yes. What Wait, do you
0: want D, from me? D-Gun, I, I have yeah. to say, someone just commented, can someone teach Gunner how to stream the chats? Because you should see the comments that we're getting. <laughs> I don't know if you're looking at them, but they're like – No, I can't. The replies to your
3: tweet. What are they saying?
0: I mean, they—it's live. They've been going on. Uh, what do you guys want to say to Gunnar? I can—I can report them. <laughs> there you to go. Us.
3: Yeah. What do you want to say, people? Go ahead. and But it—it's
0: it. a lot of just despair. A lot of calling for Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, <laughs> any quarterback, really. You, you other Jalen Hurts.
2: <laughs> Hell, I was calling for Nick Foles in the in the in the preseason. Uh, no, no, Gunner, that's what you did during the break. Devin, did you Google Stuart Smalley at the break?
0: I sure did, yes, and it made me laugh because okay, there totally you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it,
2: it yeah. absolutely it absolutely applies, uh, Devin. I mean, you you've been watching this team, we've been following it all throughout the preseason. The Eagles fan your whole life, are you? How concerned are you about what the Nick Sirianni era will uh, will bear here in Philadelphia?
3: Yeah, I, I want to hear this one. Oh, here we go. I want to hear it. Okay, I'm
2: listening.
0: I want to be optimistic about him because I like him as a person, mm. love the t-shirts, love he's the Ted. I've called him the Ted Lasso of the NFL. And I love <laughs> Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso also, if he existed in real life would be a terrible coach because he's never coached the sport that he is a head coach of. And Nick Sirianni coached tonight's game. Like he has never Coached a game of football before in his life. And <laughs> that concerns me. So <laughs> <Get our negative>. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Go, I was concerned for this game. Like I kind of would try to be cautiously like, well, I don't know, it'll be a close one. But I kinda, you know, when you just know I had a feeling that it was gonna be bad. And uh, I just hope we aren't embarrassed for the rest of the season.
3: Um You've so, already been in. You've already been in there on <laughs> yeah. national TV. You
0: right. Me? I just hope it doesn't continue. Right. Like I hope Kansas City, who's big, mad, doesn't come in here yeah. in less than a week and embarrass us again. And then, like, we just have a tough schedule coming up. And um, I just hope it isn't, you know, a completely hopeless season because that makes our our jobs aren't even fun when that happens. You know, like you want to be able to talk about a team right, that's fun right. to watch at
3: least. Hey, oh um, yeah, sure. Hey Devin, on your little your little chat thing there, have yes. you gotten any comments that said, "Hey, tell Gunner he doesn't know what he's talking about"? Have you had any of those yet?
0: No, everyone loves you. Literally, yeah. everyone's like, "Tell him we say hey.
3: Those are all tell
2: family him members. We love him. Those are family members. Oh well, la- wait. <laughs> so last tell week him we did the ribs are in the mail. La- <laughs> now, if, so, anyway, if anyone in this chat gets a rib before I get a rib, as long as I've known you, Gunner, I'm gonna really upset about that. But I like how literally Devin. We literally had Gunner's wife in the chat last week, bringing him his pumpkin spice mocha oh, latte, yeah. I mean, whatever.
3: Oh, oh my goodness! Yes, whatever yeah. that
2: was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, was
3: the uh, gym. <laughs> I need but any espresso right
2: now? There. <laughs> if you actually have a one We're
0: delirious.
3: We all need D Gun's pumpkin spice lattes. We we do.
2: We we all yeah. do.
3: There, there are some people. You know, I hate, to, I hate to bring this, but you know, some people. I put out on Twitter. Maybe it was two years ago when I said, "Oh man, the fall is back," and I made Wawa, and I love pumpkin spice coffee is back. And some like, really, Gunner? Really? You pumpkin spice? Really?
2: Of all people, what is that
3: supposed to mean? Yes, I like my pumpkin spice. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, we're off track here. I'm sorry. We're getting
2: off track. No, I mean between Ted Lasso and the pumpkin spice lattes, I think I feel like we're all uh, trying to put ourselves in a better better place. But no, Devin, you kind of hit the hit the nail right on the head. Uh, when it came to Ted Lasso, I was just like in the show, his own show. He sucks as a coach. But yeah. then again, to your point, it's a coach. It's he's coaching a sport he's never coached before, and right. at the professional level, nonetheless. As mm-hmm. far as my concern from my first three games watching Nick Sirianni and what it could, if you take that and what's extrapolate and put it out over the next, you know, the rest of the season. What do we got? 14 games left in the season. Who's good at math? Uh, I am horribly concerned about what the future holds for this team. Now, yes, if you want to be optimistic, we we should all want to be optimistic. But when you try to be that optimistic, you think back to that Super Bowl year and you go with Doug Peterson week two, they go into Kansas City, who they're about to play. They run the ball, I believe, one time in the second half, and everybody to a man in the Eagles locker room said, we got to run the football. We got to run the football. We got to run the football. It helps the offense, helps the offensive line. You got to establish, them. got to run the football. I don't, from what John McMullen told us, Jeff Skiversky, same thing with Lane Johnson, same thing. We we don't know if anyone's saying, oh, yeah, we absolutely have to run that football. I would love to hear that because I think it's never been more obvious that that's what you need to do in this particular football game. But if you're going to be optimistic, you go back to that particular game during that season where they went to the Super Bowl and you said, you know, at least they were all on the same page after that game. Right. Mm. You could look, like, the difference is, (laughs) <laughs> Doug Peterson played in the NFL. Doug, Doug Peterson had been a coach for a long time in the NFL already. He was already an offensive coordinator, just like uh, Nick Sirianni was. But when you look at that track record that was established then by listening to your players, who are the veterans that are going to step up on this team with a younger quarterback, with a, uh, a head coach that's younger than Doug Peterson was, obviously, when he took over the team? Who are going to be the guys that say, no, coach, we need to do this? This is what we need to do. Who are going to be the guys to do that? Because it seems like everybody to a man is going to be falling in uh, basically under what their quarterback is going to be telling them. And the quarterback right now, I think, is just going along with whatever the head coach is telling them. And if this is the game plan going forward, hell yes, I am concerned about what this team has to offer us for the rest of the year. Because to go into this game so rhythmless, to go into this game just not prepared overall to play when all the hype was being put into it, Oh, my God. If you're going to be wearing T-shirts and showing hype films, provide some content to hype films that maybe another head coach down the line will be showing this team. Because tonight the Eagles looked lifeless throughout the game. And I, I, to me, that all goes back to the head coach.
3: It, it looks bad right now, and, and, and rightfully so, compared to where it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I, I'm not going to be a long-term pessimist and say this is going to get real bad to to me again to me it's week to week you know the scenarios will change every week Uh, hopefully they won't be blowout scenarios like this Um, you know if if they play a team let's say they play a team like Kansas City you hope they win but if they lose in a shootout to Kansas City by two points you know, they're they they they're right there tooth and nail with this Kansas City offense. And, you know, they lose by a point or two points. I don't feel so bad. You want them to win. But, okay, we're seeing progress in the offense. If it's a balanced attack, they have a good day rushing the ball, throwing the ball, and they're going back and forth with the likes of a Kansas City, the team that's been to the Super Bowl the last two years in a row, I come away feeling a little bit better. If it's like this, obviously, it's another week of misery, okay? So I'm not going to be there are already people out there three games into the season that are long-term pessimists. I'm looking at one in 16, you know, some guy wrote, some guy wrote Hey, tell, tell Jalen Hurts. It looks like that rent check is going to bounce. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. You <laughs> will say,
0: all, really? all, the rent, all the rent tweets and stuff. I saw oh like, they, they were pretty funny. I have to, they come gave on. me a chuckle. Very
3: ingenious, yeah. but I mean, come <laughs> on, seriously, three games into the season, seriously. Um, but you know, again, it's going to be week to week, you know, right. and, and and you knew it was coming. If there's something like this happened, okay, Joe Flacco is ready, Gardner Minshew's ready, okay. We knew we knew those were coming, and he's going to hear more of it. Now we're going to find out what Jalen Hurts is made of um, a, a, as a person. Uh, what kind of inner strength does he have? You know, Philadelphia is not an easy pl- city to play in. It's it's not a city that's for everybody even if you're a professional athlete, there are professional athletes, Mark, you know this well, that that just cannot survive and thrive in Philadelphia. You know, i.e. Ben Simmons, but Mm -hmm. that's another story. Right. But there's a lot of athletes across Mm -hmm. the board like that that are just not made for Philadelphia, okay? So we're going to find out now, is Jalen Hurts, can he deflect all of this criticism? Can he bounce back? Even when things are going rough, rough, will we show – a look of defeat on his face and in his demeanor when he steps to the line of scrimmage, or is this a guy who's going to go down swinging tooth and nail? We're going to find this out in the days and weeks to come.
0: But uh, see, I, I I think we kind of found that out today and in the first three games of the season. And I do like what I see from Jalen hurts yeah. in that sense, even tonight he bounced back, he threw a pick and then the next drive kind of let it roll off his shoulders. Like, True. yeah, our loss was embarrassing. He didn't play well, but he doesn't seem to be – I do believe all, all the talk I hear from media and also fellow players that he doesn't really – he won't hold on to this loss, even though he, he did seem mm-hmm. rattled during mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. I do think he'll move on from this. Um, and I, that's why I, I do like him. I just – for me, I, I had less confidence in Nick Sirianni thriving in that yeah. environment. But, but yeah.
3: see, Devin, there are athletes and coaches – Um, that can only handle so much negativity and so much criticism because they're not used to it because they've been put on pedestals everywhere they've gone, you know, and and now they come into a situation that is not as, you know, happy-go-lucky as something they've come from. And you can only deflect so much. Human nature can only take so much. You know, Mm -hmm. some of us have more tolerance than others. You know, our, our, our thresholds to pain are different. Our thresholds to criticism. a lot different and you know you look at at sports across the board and you see players sometimes lashing out and going you know jaw to jaw with the media about certain things coaches going jaw to jaw with the media about certain things some no matter what the situation is they 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 maintain an even keel the whole way through no matter what so that's what that's the only reason why i said we're going to find out now if if it keeps going like this we're going to find out now what what nick sirianni what jalen hurts are really made of. Um if, if there's much more negative critique than positive critique, this is where you find out what these guys are made of.
2: Mm-hmm. Well I'll say this much. I for for an era where we are very concerned, I think I've said this before, of mental health and mental strength and all that. I, I right. think mentally speaking, I think Jalen Hurts is on steroids. Like I think mentally mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. he has got he is a strong willed, thick skinned young hope man. So. I and I, sure. yeah. I mean, for, I mean, think about this for a second, like the Deshaun Watson rumors, even the blip on the radar of Aaron Rodgers rumors. He's, is he Mr. Right or Mr. Right now to hell with that. Jalen Hurts is looking at this saying, this is my opportunity to show I can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now he might not be playing like he is the most legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL right now, right. but I think mentally speaking, he has the fortitude. He has the strength to keep on pushing. What I don't know is whether or not Nick Sirianni is good enough to be a head coach in the NFL. I think Jalen Hurts will put it together, but I don't think his coach is going to be helping him. And I think, again, the most egregious thing that that you can take away from this game is just how, as a team, they did not look prepared to play this game. And this is where a coach was trying to infuse that life into his team throughout the entire week. Hey, guys, be ready for this. It's prime time. It's Dallas. We got to beat Dallas. This This is what it's all about. Fans stop me on the street and say, hey, hey, welcome to Philadelphia. Hey, beat Dallas. Like, you knew what was at stake here, and that's what you put out? That's what you put out? Like, that to me is is more at, a, at the head coach and whether or not he's ready for his position more so than it is the quarterback being ready for his.
0: And you just hit the nail on the head there where I, I don't want to start these, you know, fire Nick Sirianni after game three. Obviously, we'll see what he does with the rest of the season, but... Imagine Jalen Hurts with a coach like Bill Belichick or someone who's just extremely seasoned because earlier, Mark, when you said, you know, it's a young team who from the older guys who's been on the team for a while is going to step up. And I was literally like, who, who, like literally who's going to step up and say that because we have such a young team um, and all the older guys, it seems are dropping like flies getting injured. So Mm -hmm. not that you can't say anything if you're injured, but it is concerning. It's like the blind leading the blind in a way because they're both so young.
2: Yeah, I think that's where – I think it's for Jason Kelsey, I think Lane, our man Lane Johnson, mm-hmm. they, they got to take a lot of ownership. If they feel like things aren't going to get corrected as the season goes on, I feel like that it, it's on them, especially on the offensive side of the football, to step up and say something because the Eagles – I mean, let's face it. That Quez Watkins 91-yard reception against the San Francisco 49ers was the last time we felt really good about what this offense was going to do. And then literally first and goal from the one couldn't punch it in fourth and goal from what the three, they try the Philly Philly. And then it's like, what is Nick Sirianni doing? Everything went, everything fell apart after that. And then I forget who it was earlier. Devin, it might've been you that mentioned uh, how early on in this game, you just kind of knew that this was not going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. And when you think about? I remember just, I remember like, it feels like it was a year ago, but I remember just what, four or five hours ago when we were watching this game, I actually started to keep track of it. You had the Hurts interception, then you had the Dak fumble to make it seven to seven. Then you had Ezekiel Elliott's touchdown run that was then taken off the board, only to be followed by Dak Prescott's attempted push uh, punch in from the one yard line that was not called a touchdown. Then you had Zach Ertz tip that pass from Jalen Hurts that was almost intercepted at the Eagles. Five yard line, whatever it was, and then after that you had another uh, Hertz. Uh, you had Hertz running in the end zone, uh, trying to avoid the safety. All that was in the first quarter. I looked at the play clock, or I looked at the clock. It was five minutes. Five minutes were left in the first quarter. You had like twenty games already play out, and you still had five minutes <laughs> left in the first quarter. That's how I knew we were going to be in for a yeah. long night. And really, yeah. from that point on, the Eagles just weren't able to put it together. It just again, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the word that keeps on coming back is is just rhythm. There was none of it for the Eagles tonight.
3: None. Those, those things happen, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully you get it out of your system. And you know, I'm giving I'm giving Nick the benefit of the doubt. He came highly recommended by a guy who has a lot of respect in this city, and Frank Reich. Mm. You know, and obviously any head coach wants to see his assistants become head coaches because it makes them look that much better. But I don't think Frank Reich would have endorsed Sirianni. If it's if it wasn't sincere and legit, and right now Sirianni is going through some some serious growing pains right now, and it's understandable, um, you know why. As of right now, he's got to be sitting behind closed doors, second guessing himself. That's understandable, because he was peppered with the questions tonight. Uh, they will be pe- he will be peppered again with more questions later this week. And he better come up with a whole lot better game plan against Kansas City, or the questions are going to get even more intense. I mean, think about it. When Andy Reid was here, when Doug Peterson was here, um, you know, Andy Reid was known for not wanting to answer anything. He'd give you the same cliche answers all the time. But every now and then, when he was going through a bad season, he was snapping the media. Same with Doug Peterson. You know, there were certain people he started snapping with um, in the media. It, it, It happens. You know, so now Nick not only has to worry about rallying his troops and and getting his guys to play at a much better level, but he also has to be cautious about what he says now, more so than ever before, because after this game, people are listening even more closely now to everything he says when he steps in that podium and they're looking at the body language and they're listening to the tone in his voice. When he says it now, even more intently than ever before, to see exactly what this coach is. What's he gonna tell us that gives us hope for the next week and the next week and the next week? You know, and that's the nature of the beast. You have the privilege of being one of 32 in a in a very small fraternity of head coaches in probably the most popular professional sport on the planet. Okay. So now spotlight's spotlight's even bigger on you now after the big spotlight that was on you Monday night moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. No question. We're going to have more Eagles coverage when we come back. Also, what did we do last week? Did we take away game balls? Because I know we didn't give them away. No, I think we just did our takeaways. We'll give you our takeaways coming up in a minute when we return on live post-game show. And don't forget, check out the Jacob Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning for Birds 365 with Jody McDonald and Johnny Mac as well. Johnny Mac, who is just joining us. Earlier on the program, uh, John McMullen, obviously. First Trust Bank brings us that show, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. More live post-game show on 6abc.com and the Jake Media YouTube channel when we return in a few.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't go for him go for her go for the wind go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
7: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free what's that uh a rocks glass you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that
6: holy sh! Glasses for cocktails right
7: it's for this and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
2: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
1: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the wins. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
9: The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
2: Welcome back live post game show Jacob Media YouTube channel and 6abc.com coming up. We're going to give you our takeaways from this particular game. I bet you running the football will come up. I bet you penalties will come up and I bet you just primetime games in general will come up when it comes to the Eagles and tough losses that they have taken. Unfortunately, uh, just to recap, uh, we did just talk to Lane Johnson earlier in the show. Lane did come on with us despite this 41-21 to loss at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. We also talked to John McMullen and Jeff Skversky of 6ABC. Uh, just Looking back over this game, uh, th- things that we haven't mentioned just quite yet, uh, we haven't gotten into the defense a lot. And I know this was supposed to be the game that a lot of people were looking at how they were going to start that committee that was left vacant uh, by Brandon Graham or needed when Brandon Graham was left. And by the way, Gunnar, you had the report earlier today. He did go on uh, to have surgery. He was watching the game from the hospital today. Uh, He put it up on his uh, Instagram account. Uh, As far as that committee, Josh Sweat had a big third down play in this game, helped force a fourth down, so that was good to get him off the field. Uh, But overall, by committee, I still felt like this defensive line, you had the touchdown score with Javon Hargrave making the pressure, Fletcher Cox coming up with the touchdown, obviously. He went out due to injury a little bit later in the game. But overall, I'm still waiting for that one guy to step up as the edge rusher, non-defensive tackle, to go out there and get that pressure. Did you see enough from Josh Sweat tonight to start thinking he'll be able to help fill that void left behind by Brandon Graham?
3: Well, he's, he's going to be a, a good player, and obviously the Eagles invested in him because they see him as a, a long-term um, asset to this defense. Um, but I don't know if he'll ever be that elite rusher. Um, he's going to be a good situational player. I think he's going to be a good role player. I don't know if he'll ever elevate his game to where he's a double-digit sack type guy, uh, some, someone like that. You, you need to bring in another guy, you know, um, who, who, who can help groom him. You know, players learn so much from, from coaches and film, but players have always told me they learn, learn a lot from talking to guys who are older than them who've been in a game longer because they see little certain things that you miss, a little detail sometimes that you miss in a film session or just a practice session, because in a lot of cases, things don't unfold in a game exactly the way you practice them. So you learn from a seasoned vet how to adjust. What am I doing wrong? What can I do to correct this? What should I be looking for when I line up against a guy over, you know, across from me? Uh, things like that. I think I think Josh Schwett has that ability. Uh you know, Derek Barnett, you know, Derek Barnett, I don't I don't know. This this guy to me is like multiple personalities, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't know what to make. Sometimes just when you think he's gonna have that flash of brilliance, all of a sudden he does something to make you go, Have you played this game before? You know
2: Gunner, um, you know what, real yeah. quick, real quick on that yeah. note, it's funny you mentioned that because Devin, I was gonna tee you up for this in a second. You yeah. caught something Nick Sirianni was saying on the sideline there about Derek yes. Barnett. What did you catch earlier in the show? Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. What is he saying? Because I sent this a while ago. Um, I mean, Barnett's
2: – It's always are... Barnett.
0: It, it's its getting absurd. And Nick Sirianni, Mr. Positivity, Mr. Ted Lasso, is caught on the sideline saying it's always him or why is it always him. Like oh. you know, he, he looks mad.
2: Oh. Um, no, I, I watched the clip that you posted. And he's definitely saying something along those lines. When it's, it comes always to Derek it's, it's always him. It's always him. It's always yeah. him. It's always that's Derek not, That's not good. No, and it not is. even it's a little bit. It's and he's always supposed him. To be, and he's supposed to be part of that committee that they were talking yes. so much about filling in for Brandon Graham. He's in his fifth year. He
3: should know better in a lot of situations. But if your coach is saying it's always him, that's not good. But see, near, Sirianni's handcuffed right now because he has nobody else to replace him. You know, so, you know, with Brandon Graham going down, you know, you naturally have to elevate, um, you know, uh, Derek Barnett's playing time out of necessity now. Now, if this continues to be the pattern, who's to say the Eagles don't start looking for veterans sitting at home watching the games from their lounge chair to bring them in to take some of those reps away from Barnett and, you know, maybe get some more stability in terms of playing the game without making unnecessary penalties, you know, mm. you just don't know. And with this being a money year for Barnett, you would think that would constantly be swirling in the back of his mind is that I need to elevate my game to another level because I have an opportunity here to do some great things financially, whether it's with this team or with another team at the end of this season. If if Josh Sweat can get a, a, a contract extension that, that exceeds $40 million, And twenty something million of it is guaranteed. I should be able to get at least that. But if he continues to play the way he's playing, he's going to be looking at a one year contract with someone, whether it's in Philadelphia or with another team, for a low number because they still want. It's a wait and see issue with him in terms of what is he or what isn't he as a professional football player.
0: Well, but bonus question for you, D Gun, because this is why I brought up Gannon to uh, Jeff earlier. How much of that falls on the coaching, all the penalties?
3: Uh, Again, a certain degree does because, you know, after you've had as many penalties as this team has had in the first two games, you're talking about it constantly over and over. over. It's like the mom talking to the kid over and over, and the kid gets tired of mom yelling at you all the time about the same thing. Well, you have two options. You either keep doing the same thing and keep getting yelled at, or you clean it up so mom doesn't yell at you. You know, (laughs) obviously, mom's going to be doing a lot of yelling in practice this week, Uh, because this was a disaster in in terms of, you know, expecting a lot more in terms of discipline from this defensive unit and getting less discipline. I mean, 13 penalties, again, from the most penalized team in the national football league. If, If there's one thing we know that that topic was harped on time and time again in practice this past week, and then the kids go out and make the same mistakes over and over again. So, it's going to be yelled at. They're going to be yelled at and talked about again and again and again until they get this thing right, and eventually they're going to get it right because they're going to get tired of being yelled at. So some of it is coaching, but more importantly, you know, it's not – see, whereas off, on the offense you got young players sprinkled in, you got a bunch of veteran players playing on the defensive side of the football, guys who've been in the league a few years and, and, and then some. So some of the penalties you make – and let's face it, I feel bad for defensive backs because – You know, they don't even know what is and what isn't anymore. What's targeting? What's passing Mm. and ferrets? You know, you get away with certain things, and the next time you don't get away with it. So I feel bad for DBs in that regard, but you've got to be smarter about some of the things you do lining up in a neutral zone, jumping off, you know, uh, unnecessary roughness. You got to be smarter about that kind of stuff. You're going to get caught nine times out of ten. You get lucky and you, you slip through the crack once, but you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because guess what? The referees also have a list of certain players who commit certain fractions over and over again, and they go into games looking for exactly those things. And lo and behold, sometimes those players go right out there and commit those same infractions. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: When mom's yelling falls on deaf ears, that's when you go get dad. But I don't know who dad is. Yeah, I don't
3: know who dad
2: is. I don't know. All I know is growing up with Joey and Eleanor is my parents, man. When when Eleanor was done yelling – Joe came fee five fo thumbing in, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, game yeah, over. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the live post game show, folks. Before we get out of here, our takeaways from this game. Any volunteers? Who wants to go first? Ladies first. Ooh, oh, again. Man. Look at this, Devin. All right. Uh... Now, you can't say Aaron Sipos. You can't say no, Aaron Sipos. Oh,
0: that's what I was going to say. Um, my takeaways are I was just extremely disappointed in the coaching uh and pretty disappointed in Jalen Hurt's play tonight. And I actually said this after last game. I said, you know, I have confidence that they can make the adjustments and go into next game strong. And they didn't do that. So we have a really tough schedule ahead. I hope that they can not forget this game, but mentally move on um and not let mm-hmm. it affect them and kind of try to bounce back as best they can. And improve the running game, like run the ball.
2: More. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it.
3: Gunner. You've been punched in the mouth on national television. You were embarrassed um, as a coaching staff, as a collection of players. How do you bounce back from this? How quickly can you bounce back from this? You don't have a choice because staring you in the face is an opponent that could be even more potent than what you faced in this team today. How are you going to respond? Are you going to man up? and get, get over the hump. Eliminate the penalties. Commit yourselves to a balanced attack. Get after the quarterback. Put some pressure on them. Get some turnovers. You got one tonight. Going into this game, the Eagles were the only team in the league that had no turnovers. Now, they hadn't committed a turnover until tonight. They committed two, but they also had not generated any turnovers. Well, they got one tonight. Build on that. Get some turnovers. Put this game behind you. You can only lick your wounds for so long. Nobody, like Lane Johnson says it best. I hear players saying this all the time. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you when you're down and out, except yourselves. You have to rally around the troops and get this thing done. Because if not, the boos and the negative comments are going to continue to come raining down. And that's when we find out exactly what you are, individually and collectively.
2: Devin, after listening to you, Gunner, after listening to you, after listening to John McMullen and Lane Johnson and Jeff Skiversky, and even hearing myself think out loud, as you tend to do sometimes on a post game show, because it's immediate reaction, I have come to this conclusion, and I hate this conclusion, but this Uh is my, in fact, conclusion. Nick Sirianni, as a head coach in the NFL, is in over his head. No, I don't see this getting a lot better for the Eagles. Two runs by your best running back throughout the first half. You don't even see him till the second half. That is unforgivable. I hope for improvement. I hope this is rock bottom. And for that, after this, they'll just improve. But I ain't betting on it. I'm rooting for it, but I'm not betting on it. You're jumping ship after three games. Jumping ship. I cannot get over two runs by Miles Sanders in this either. game. It either. is egregious. but For all the circumstances that went into it that I've said a thousand times already, you are already missing two of your starters on the offensive line. You don't have a quarterback that's settled into the NFL. You're still trying to break him in after a very rough start. Like, nothing, nothing is forgivable. From the last game against the 49ers to this one, it was the same discombobulation. In this, in this offense that I saw in the last game with no improvement. That, to me, is unforgivable. I hope they bounce back. I hope they come back. I hope Nick Sirianni proves me wrong. But right now, as an NFL head coach, he appears to be in over his head. We always talk about younger players, inexperienced players, looking like they belong. Just show me you belong. Right now, Nick Sirianni has not shown me he belongs. He belongs as an NFL play caller, let alone an NFL head coach. I hope he proves me wrong. I just don't think he will wow wow Devin Gunner uh aside from the outcome of the game uh hey it was fun talking to you guys again <laughs> oh, <always.
0: laughs> yeah, now I'm sad again Mark after that little do you have the candle statement
2: do you have the candle I don't
0: so fun. I have it but I didn't light it because I was like well it's just not worth it anymore
2: all right now all right, we'll just give it a <laughs> sniff of the pumpkin latte whatever it is and gunner have a sip of yours and I'm going to go crush some more espresso and stay up uh, but uh, that's hey, the I, way I, I'll be. I,
3: I feel pretty good. I'm going to have some popcorn when I'm done.
2: <laughs> good for you. Hey, you know what else you can do? Don't forget like, share and subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Make sure you do that and we could all use a little getaway. Well, how about a getaway at Ocean Casino Resort. Book your next weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the win. That's Ocean Casino Resort. Ladies and gentlemen, had a blast with you guys, as always, on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and 6abc.com for Devin Caney, Don McMullen, Lane Johnson, Jeff Skaversky, Derek Gunn, and yours truly, Mark Farzetta. At least it was uh, fun catching up with all you guys, venting our frustrations through our comments and our conversation. Thanks very much. Talk to you guys again on Sunday. Hopefully the Eagles get back on the winning track against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll cross our fingers for that. Thanks to everyone for watching, listening, and hitting us up in the comments as well. Have a great week, everybody. Take it.
6: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Messen Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind.
7: Disappears.
6: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
9: The live post game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.